I have always found relationships to be endlessly fascinating from navigating my friends' relationships with them, romantic and friendship, to watching those trashy romantic reality TV shows. I've always found the way that people interact with one another, the way that they communicate with one another, the way they share themselves with one another, the way that they express intimacy and navigate conflict so fascinating because when we're in relationship with another person, we end up showing more of ourselves than we would just on our own, especially when we're in really close partnerships or intimate relationships where there's a little more of the expectation to be vulnerable and also the desire to be vulnerable, to really bond and connect with another person. But what inevitably ends up happening when we reach these levels of intimacy with another person is that we find things about ourselves or about the other person that rub us a certain way. And we, of course, come to a point where we have to start navigating past hurts that we may have brought into the relationship or navigating conflicting values between the two people, you and the other person, and navigating just how to find common ground on a regular basis. If you're in partnership, romantic, friendship, or business, it's important to find compatibility on a regular basis because even though I don't believe we have to be on the same page with our partners all the time, it's important that we are on a frequent basis so that it feels as though we're on the same team and that we can trust that we're on the same team and that there's the support of navigating all of life's challenges and the challenges between the two of us together. So today we're going to be talking about how we navigate those moments of conflict or challenge in relationships. And I'm excited to discuss what makes a relationship strong and healthy and how proving that resilience from the small challenges, the day-to-day little issues or tiffs can bring a lot of insight to larger challenges and larger resolutions that need to be made. And also how to navigate boundaries within relationships and when we perhaps need to leave a relationship. My name is Hollis Maloney and welcome to the Design Life Podcast. Today, we're talking relationships in conflict. So to begin this episode, I want to talk about the five components that I believe are necessary to create a healthy and successful relationship. The first being honesty. We cannot navigate any scenario in our lives unless we are clear and truthful with ourselves and the other person about what is actually going on and what we're actually feeling and what's coming up. The next component would be communication, being able to express ourselves, whether it be expressing 
our needs and boundaries, or just expressing our ourselves in an authentic way. Being able to share ourselves openly and vulnerably with another person is very key to feeling like you can have created a safe space and that you can just be and bond with the other person. The third would be respect. And this has come from so many conversations that I've had with partners, with with individuals in partnerships, discussing relationships. Respect is absolutely key to be able to create a long lasting and truly fortified and resilient and secure relationship, whether that be again with friendships or romantic or business partnerships. The fourth component is compassion. And when I think of compassion, I think of two hearts really connecting with one another. Compassion is the ability to soften one's ego, to empathize with the other person, to be able to put yourself in the other person's shoes and be able to really see their own perspective and feel it in a way that brings a different level of understanding, brings a broader level of understanding to the relationship. And here I also like to wrap in the experience of affection and sweetness and kindness because by being able to care for another person, it means that you have to be able to know a little bit of what they want, to be able to know their needs and respect their needs and give the other person what they need and what they desire. And then the last component is appreciation. And this is the gratitude component of the relationship, being able to recognize what the other person is, is doing for you and what they're doing in their lives to be able to create a safe, trusting and, and resilient relationship. And to be able to frequently say, I appreciate you doing this, or I appreciate when you said that is it adds to, again, the the strength and the character of the relationship because the other person feels seen. And by being seen, the other person can feel that what they're contributing to the relationship is worthy, is valuable, and what they bring to the table and how they support you is, is important and the service is recognized. Now, it's not that I I think these five components are the perfect recipe to every relationship, but I do believe based off of my experience with clients and education that these five components are key or some variation of them are key, again, to creating long-lasting, healthy, stable relationships. Now, to begin this conversation of resolving conflict in relationship, I think it's important that we first start by addressing our relationship to ourselves and at first recognizing if we have these five components or your variation of these five components within ourselves to begin with. Because if we do not have an honest relationship with ourselves, if we're not in frequent communication with ourselves about our needs and what's going on in our lives and who we are and who we believe ourselves to be, if we don't have respect for ourselves, if we don't have compassion for ourselves, or if we don't appreciate ourselves, we will not be able to bring those things into any other relationship. We will not be able to to efficiently and effectively ask for those things or recognize those things when they're happening in relationship with another person. 
And not to say that we have to be these perfect, fully refined, fully healed people in order to enter into a healthy relationship. On the contrary, if we are striving for creating these components, integrating these components into our relationship with ourselves on a regular basis, we will be able to more effectively create strong, stable, supportive, and healthy relationships in our own lives. And conflict will be much more easy to navigate because we have a real understanding of ourselves, how to express ourselves, how to maintain a level of respect and compassion despite the disruption in the relationship, despite having to navigate new normals or, or navigate differing opinions. And then we can bounce back more effectively because we have a stronger sense of self. Now that's a whole other conversation that we're going to get to in later podcasts, but I want to establish that as the first and foremost, most important part of any relationship, our relationship with ourselves. Now, establishing a level of intimacy with ourselves is the ideal situation before we enter into a relationship with others. However, that is not always the case. In fact, I don't think that it's possible to become fully without insecurity or self-doubt in this world without entering into relationships first. It's kind of a chicken or the egg scenario. We need relationships to be able to reflect back to ourselves, our own insecurities, but we also need to be able to navigate our own insecurities to establish healthy relationships. So as human beings, we enter into relationships usually with the perspective of this is going to be fantastic. I am so excited about this friendship or this, this partnership that I'm entering into. I'm curious about this other person. They inspire me. I feel excited when I'm with them and I just want to connect with them more and bond with them. I want to see more of them and I want them to see more of me. But of course, as imperfect human beings, when we, when we do this, when we enter into these relationships, we bring the unhealed wounds and the traumas and the baggage of past relationships with us on a pretty frequent basis. And even if we don't, let's say you consider yourself pretty free from baggage, in which case I would love to meet you and have some conversations with you. But let's say that you are, you know, pretty free from baggage. Life will still throw us really challenging situations that we must navigate together. And there will always be some sort of needing to come to an agreement about values, about processes, about beliefs, and about how we authentically each want to express ourselves in situations. And it's in these moments where we are confronted with a part of ourselves that we've brought into the relationship from the past, a past wound or a past hurt, or we're navigating something that has come to the relationship simply because life happens. Those are our opportunities to level up, to recognize that something needs to be processed, to needs, needs to be resolved and needs to be healed and navigated, not just on our own, but together. And for the purpose of keeping the relationship strong and even making it stronger. Conflict is when two opposing forces or ideas or beliefs 
come together and must find a resolution or a path forward together. And by being in that space of conflict, of having to negotiate and find the common ground and bring honesty, bring our true selves to the situation, to find the resolution that feels right for both parties, we create so much more honesty. We navigate communication. We have to bring a level of respect. We have to bring a level of, of compassion and we can find resilience and appreciation through having to enter into those tricky and sticky situations. And now when I'm talking about conflict, I'm talking about when we're rewriting contracts and relationships, either literally or figuratively, when we're navigating disagreements where there, you believe in one situation happening one way and the other person believes in the, the same situation happening another way. Finding common ground on values, sticking to or respecting the other person's boundaries or your own boundaries, and just dealing with life's challenges. And all of these scenarios, although very different, have one thing in common, that something needs to change and that the two people involved need to agree on the change in order to move forward in a healthy and productive way. Navigating conflict is something that I have seen over and over people want to avoid. People will do everything they possibly can to massage a situation into happening the way that they want it to happen so that they don't have to come head to head with clear communication or the potential difficulty of that can arise from bringing up an incompatibility or a disagreement. However, conflict truly is that opportunity to step into a greater sense of strength in a relationship. Most of the time, we'll talk about toxic relationships in a little bit and incompatibility in a little bit. But for the most part, when we recognize that there is a conflict, we're given the opportunity to be more honest with ourselves and ask more for what it is that we need and create more clarity and refinement in the relationship. And what I love about little day-to-day tiffs or disagreements in partnerships is that they're perfect examples of how a relationship can find resiliency on a regular basis. Let's say you and your partner disagree about where to go for dinner one night or what to make for dinner. And one person wants pizza and the other person wants burritos. And you're, you're really, you know, sticking to the fact that you really want a burrito and the other person really wants pizza. And the way in which you find resolution between this disagreement is a micro example of how you can navigate larger conflicts. If you bring a sense of levity, if you bring a sense of humor, if you bring a sense of compassion, whatever you bring to the table, that's what's also going to inform what the big conflicts that will eventually come up, let's say about, about politics or kids or, paying large bills together or whatever it happens to be. And the more frequently that 
we have those little tiffs and we're able to bounce back from them, the more we prove to ourselves and we prove to the relationship as a whole that the relationship is resilient and doesn't matter how long it may take. You're both on the same page to want to keep the relationship going and keep it going in a healthy way that is best for both people. Now the, the restaurant or the, the dinner option, I, I love to give the example of, you don't always have to have exactly what the other person is having. And perhaps there's a really good restaurant that allows you to have both, or you stay home and you both make different meals. That is also completely an option, but also in order to keep a relationship moving forward, it is important that, again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, that you come back to the same page on a pretty regular basis. 100% compatibility is not important to a relationship's success, but a high percentage of compatibility is key to a relationship maintaining stability and strength and health. If you cannot be flexible about your needs and desires somewhat frequently, not all the time, but if you're not able to relax your own ego or relax what your own desires are for the sake of another person's and in service to the other person and in service to the compatibility of the relationship, then you're going to end up in conflict more frequently. When it comes to the smaller day-to-day little issues, taking a moment to ask yourself, is this worth fighting for? Or is this something that I can be flexible around is incredibly key to maintaining that level of compatibility and that level of easeful flow in a relationship. If you're fighting about every little thing, if you're being stubborn about every small need or desire, then you're putting up walls and barriers to entry the more we can be open to inviting in what the other person wants, the more we're creating that flow of energy and reciprocity and respect for one another. And it's incredible how in the little day-to-day discussions and compromises and challenges The more frequently we create space for the other person's desires, wants, and needs, the more we can find, again, that commonality and the compatibility and the stability in the relationship that allows it to move forward strong and and successful. But beyond the small day-to-day conflicts, once we get into the much bigger issues, let's say you feel like you're not being seen in a relationship or you've both been kind of navigating this sort of status quo, but you're not feeling fully acknowledged or appreciated in the relationship. And it's time for you to kind of rewrite how the relationship is moving along. I always refer to relationships as a dance that two people are doing together And let's say you're ready to start dancing a different way. What can happen in those moments is a few different scenarios. You can either discuss with the person that you're dancing with that you're ready to start doing a different dance and see how they respond, or you can just start dancing a different way and see how they respond. 
In either choice, the other person has their own choice to either start dancing along with you in this new way, or they can feel frustrated and kind of push back on you and say, no, I want to continue dancing the way that we've been dancing. This is foreign to me and uncomfortable, or they can leave altogether. And not to say that any option is right or wrong or better or worse, but this is kind of how we can bring a visual to what navigating change and navigating conflict in a relationship looks like. So when we're ready to start dancing differently in a relationship, again, we can just start behaving that way and see how other people respond, the other person responds. And oftentimes, if it's small, this can be all that it needs. All that it requires is you being very clear about what you want to change and behaving differently. However, if that's not working, let's say the other person is really not picking up that you're doing this new dance and they're still kind of pushing back or expecting you to respond the way that you've, you've been responding or dancing the way that you've been dancing. This is where those five healthy components to a successful relationship really come into action and are so helpful in moving forward. If we can honestly start to self-express what we need to change or what we need to see differently moving forward, we can then bring respect, compassion, and appreciation into the conversation around navigating how that looks for both you and the other person. But it starts with honest communication. Honest communication is Very challenging for most people because it requires a level of vulnerability, not just in the expression aspect, but also in the honesty aspect, being able to see yourself in a clear, objective and transparent way is, is really difficult. And especially if someone is reflecting it back to you and it's unexpected, it can be really difficult. And then additionally, bringing the honesty to our words and how we express ourselves with the other person can feel like we're putting ourselves in potentially challenging situations because we don't know how the other person is going to respond. But if we do our best to be as clear about our emotional experience, our needs, our boundaries, what we need in order to feel respected and appreciated in a relationship, the more we work to be honest and clear and we express that, the more we're giving the relationship the opportunity to level up, the more we're giving the the other person the opportunity to step into who it is that we need them to be. If we do not bring honest communication to a relationship, especially when there is something going on that does not feel right or feels confusing or conflicting, we can sit in that conflict or that that confused state for a really long time. We can waste our energy trying to maintain this level of status quo that doesn't feel fulfilling or authentic to who we are and perhaps doesn't feel fulfilling or authentic to the other person as well. It can feel like we're navigating this relationship together, all these experiences together with sort of a a facade or a mask on because we're just not sharing all of ourselves or dancing the way that we want to dance in this relationship. 
So although conflict can be really difficult or not even conflict, but that honest communication can be really difficult. The importance of doing it is that it brings a level of depth and a level of real authenticity to both parties, to both people, for both people to say, this is who I am. I want you to see me and I want you to acknowledge me. And I want this real authentic version of me to be what is appreciated and accepted in this relationship. Because if not, then what's the point of being in the relationship anyways, if you're just going to only have so much of you appreciated and and acknowledged, and you're only going to have so much of you to be able to express. It's like putting, putting containers or putting boundaries on yourself and not being able to fully relax. Now, Learning how to be honest in our communication takes a lifetime of practice because every situation is different. But again, if we bring just a sense of mindfulness to our physical experience, our emotional experience, we get clear about our needs and values. The more that we put language to these things on a regular basis, the more easily it's going to be able to come from us, to become, to come out of us, to be able to be expressed with another person. And once we're in a place where we can start being more honest and communicative in our relationships, especially around those little conflicts or bigger conflicts, it's important to keep the following three components to a healthy relationship in the mix because we can be honestly communicative and we can, we can self-express all we want, but if we don't bring respect and compassion and appreciation to that communication, especially in conflict, we can start getting defensive, or we can start getting divisive, or we can start using language that is not respectful and not empathetic to the other person's experience. But if we bring those three components into the mix, especially when we're navigating sticky situations where we're trying again to parse out where do we find common ground? Where are we on the same page so that we can bring these two opposing ideas into a state of resolution in order to move forward in a way that we both agree on. If we bring those three, those three things into the mix, then there's already a level of spaciousness of a sense of possibility of understanding of the whole person, the humanity of, of the conflict. And there is a relaxation of our own defenses and where we we might be bringing in past hurts or where we might be bringing in current hurts in order to be able to see the whole picture that you and the other person are creating because this is not one this is not one person doing this dance this is two people doing this dance together and by dancing together you are creating a whole story and a whole scenario within the two of you so it's important to be able to not just acknowledge your own side of that story but to also be able to acknowledge the other person's side of the story and the more you can bring a fullness into that narrative and into your perspective of that narrative, the more you can more readily come to 
an understanding of this is what's going to work for the both of us. I see where you're coming from. This is where I'm coming from. This is where we're compatible. And this is where we're also not compatible. And maybe that's where we need to leave, you know, some of our parts behind, or we need to do our own work to heal those parts of ourselves, or we need to just understand that we don't see eye to eye in this way. And we can move forward with respect in that sense of not having to be 100%, again, 100% on the same page. Now saying all of this, I know that navigating conflict is not linear and not every conflicting situation that you have in one relationship, let alone all of your relationships is going to be the same. However, the approach can be the same. We can bring these five components of honesty, communication, respect, compassion, and appreciation into every scenario that we have to navigate and find common ground on. And by doing that, the how isn't necessarily important. The why becomes important. And the approach, again, what you're bringing to the table becomes the container of safety and trust and respect in order for the conflict to more likely find a healthy and positive resolution for you and the other person. Also knowing that we are human beings and that we are bringing our human messiness into these conflicts, I know that we're not always going to successfully bring these five components into every every conflicting situation. And we're not always going to bring our best selves into every conflicting situation. But the great thing, (laughs) might not sound great, but the great thing about conflict, especially in a relationship that has already established itself with a strong and healthy foundation, is that it does not need to be resolved overnight. And in fact, bigger conflicts sometimes need the time and the space for you and the other person to become clear over and over again about what you're feeling and what is what is being brought to the table from both people and allowing the conflict to have that space, allowing yourself and your partner to have that space to be able to navigate it just invites breathing room. And it just invites a, a sense of easefulness that can be otherwise a really tenuous and tricky situation. One of the my favorite things that I've learned from, from my time in therapy that I always, always, always express to my clients is that you can put a pin in any conversation and walk away and say, I just, I just need some time to figure myself out before I continue with this conversation. You can always pause, take time to self-assess to find a state of equilibrium and be able to be more honest and clear with yourself before continuing the conversation or the conflict with the other person. And in fact, by doing so, you're bringing more of that respect for yourself and for the other person to whatever the next conversation is. So now that we've established that honest communication, respect, compassion, and appreciation are the key ingredients to navigating any sort of conflict, no matter how emotionally strenuous or emotionally volatile it might be, the next thing I I want to make sure we address is compatibility. 
Because again, at the beginning of the, the podcast, I mentioned that you don't have to be 100% compatible with your partners. And in fact, I think having a little bit of incompatibility is what keeps a relationship interesting and also what is what helps us grow in relationships. Because if we're always yes people <laughs> to one another, we're never going to find the spaces that maybe need to be need to be encouraged to grow past their comfort zones or stretch a little bit or, you know, move into a more expansive perspective. But having a good amount of compatibility, again, is key to ensuring that you feel like you're on the same team and that you feel supported and that you've got the other person's back and the other person has your back. Now, all that said, we can easily enter into relationships feeling like it's very compatible at the beginning and that we're really excited about this other person because they, again, they see us, we see them, we're excited to see more of one another and get to know each other more. And along the way, we can start to learn things about the other person and learn things about ourselves that prove that there's a lot of incompatibility. Now, I know there is a lot of use of the word toxic when it comes to relationships nowadays or certain types of relationships nowadays. And 100%, I believe that there are, there are very difficult people out there, people who find pleasure in making things difficult for other people. There's a lot of emotional immaturity and emotionally immature people out there, which I will link to a few resources about emotional immaturity in the show notes. But personally, I think that a lot of what is labeled as toxic relationships is actually just extensive incompatibilities that have not been resolved or have not been acknowledged in the relationship that end up creating an environment of instability, lack of support, lack of respect, and lack of communication, lack of appreciation, all of those five components to a successful relationship. And here we can come back to that imagery that we used last week of the relationship being a tapestry of thousands of woven threads of connection. If you're not creating connections on a regular basis of where you're seeing eye to eye or you're you're bonding or you're, you're feeling you're on the same page with the other person, if you're not creating those threads of connection, then that tapestry is going to be pretty threadbare. I mean, it might have you know, it's, it's edging complete and there might be some threads in the middle trying to hold it all together. But if you don't have those frequent, consistent, strong connections of heart to heart bonding of heart to heart, I see you, you see me, we're on the same page here. We both believe the same things. We both share these same values. We both share these same hobbies. We both share these same interests. We both love to you talk about these these things together we both respect our emotions and and all of those all of the above then there's going to be a lot of space for instability and that's where the emotions like anger resentment frustration all start to fester and this is what i believe leads to to- quote unquote toxicity in a relationship. It's not necessarily that you are out to get the other person or that the other person is out to get you, but that there's a lack of 
coming together to find that common ground and lack of sometimes even wanting to empathize or be compassionate or hear the other person's side for whatever reason. And relationships can go through periods of these difficult times where you're not seeing eye to eye. I'm really trying not to use the word toxic here, but these, for lack of a better word, these toxic moments where whatever, for whatever reason, it can be outside influences of work or family or other friendships, or there was just not a conflict that was resolved healthily in the relationship that leads to these moments of frustration and resentment. And I absolutely believe that especially relationships with a strong foundation can bounce back from these times, especially if the five components are integrated. But sometimes if it's not a relationship that has a healthy foundation, if those five components have not been established as the supportive structure to the framework of the relationship, then those incompatibilities can fray away at the whole tapestry and the relationship might fall apart, or it might be time to acknowledge that the relationship needs to be left or walked away from. And this is a personal decision for everybody, because I understand that we all stay in these difficult, incompatible relationships for longer times than we need to. Sometimes I have absolutely been, been there. I've been in manipulative relationships. I've been in controlling relationships. I've been in relationships with people who are loose cannons and are, are completely unexpected with their anger and with how they respond to me and how we respond to each other. And it's brought out sides of myself that I really don't love and I really don't appreciate. And I've talked a little bit about this in the previous self-forgiveness episode that I go into more detail around. And I've left all of those relationships with the belief that I went through them for a very specific reason. And I've taken out lessons that have really contributed to who I am today. And again, those, those moments in relationships where we're shown something that we didn't see before, or we're brought into an idea or perspective that we didn't see before helps us bring a broader perspective to our worldview and to our view of ourselves. It can absolutely expand our sense of, of people and humanity and the life experience. So staying in those, those incompatible relationships can bring a lot of education if it's you know, coming from that perspective of, of lesson learning, but it can also create a lot of strife, a lot of insecurity, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of confusion about who we are and what our values are and who we want to be in the world. It can create a lot of fear depending on what kind of incompatibility or difficulty or level of anger or frustration is brought into the relationship. And it's important for every person to recognize that staying with an incompatible person or staying in an incompatible relationship can only last as long as you let it. There was a relationship that I was in that was a year and a half long, and it was with an extremely difficult person. And, you know, I thought back on this relationship and felt 
well, I've had all sorts of feelings about this relationship looking back on it, but there are a lot of things I look at in that relationship and I say that could have ended, you know, six months in, but there was a feeling that I had while in that relationship that I needed to stay. And I stayed for that year and a half. And in that year and a half, I gained so much more clarity around my self-worth, around insecurities that I had that I was, I had carried into the relationship. I gained clarity around what I needed in a relationship and what I was no longer going to put up with. And had I left the relationship six months in when perhaps it was safer for me to do so, and I wouldn't have gone through as much difficulty, I wouldn't have also learned those lessons. And this is not me condoning any sort of emotionally or physically abusive relationship. Not at all. I'm just saying that everyone is on their own journey Everyone has their own lessons that they need to learn in this lifetime. Everyone needs to push up against their own growth edges and stretch themselves in their own ways. And only they can know what is right for them and what is wrong for them and when to leave these relationships. So to contextualize all of this information and to make it a little more tangible in your own life, I'd just like for you to reflect on a few questions to just make this a little bit more practical for yourself. So the first would be to think about when you've experienced conflict in your life, when you've, when you've been in a one-on-one dynamic with somebody and there's been friction or frustration, and when has it gone really well? When have you navigated the conflict with this other person and it's been productive and you've come out on the other side feeling stronger and more capable? And what were the elements involved in that resolution? And then alternatively, when have you navigated conflict with another person and it's been challenging or it hasn't gone very well or the resolution wasn't arrived at um, perhaps ever, or just in a way that, that felt good for both of you, what were the ingredients that you believe made it trickier to come to the resolution or made it impossible to come to a resolution? And the next question I would invite you to consider is how can you bring these five elements into a practical tangible practice for yourself on a regular basis? How can you invite more honesty into your perspective around not just yourself and your own daily dynamics, but also your dynamics with your closest partners? How can you invite in more open communication and vulnerable communication on a regular basis? What does respect look like for you? What does compassion look like for you? What does expressing gratitude look like for you again, for yourself and for others? And how can you exercise these five components in small, but really manageable ways so that it becomes almost an easier recipe to follow that you just kind of have in your back pocket and you don't even have to look at the recipe. You just know it by heart. And then the last question I would invite you to consider is what does compatibility look like and feel like in your 
closest partnerships? How can you look to examples of compatibility that you already witness on a regular basis and experience on a regular basis within your partnerships? And what is the tipping point of compatibility where you start to verge on incompatibility or too much incompatibility in a relationship where it starts to feel like you're not on the same team or you're not on the same page? What is that point in which you are definitely on the same team and when you're not on the same team generally and holistically in the relationship and how have you witnessed that in your past relationships? There is so much that we can get into about relationships, so much nitty gritty and detail specifically around conflict, around being seen, around values, around boundary work. And we'll get into all of that in future podcasts more specifically, but particularly for this theme of the month during this Venus retrograde season, I felt it was important to talk about the broad swath of finding our people, maintaining those relationships and fortifying those relationships, and then navigating the tricky parts of those relationships so that we can continue thriving in our bonds and in our connections and growing together in partnerships, in groups, in communities, and creating stronger, healthier, more fulfilled, free societies. So I hope that both of these episodes help you gain clarity around some relationships or relationship conflicts in your own life. If you have any thoughts or ideas about any of this, please reach out to us. We love hearing from you guys. And if you have any suggestions around other things that you would like to hear on the podcast, absolutely email us, message us, check in with us. Until next time, thank you so much for listening and see you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to and watching today's episode. If you like what we do here, please feel free to subscribe, share, write a review, or let us know what you think. We always love hearing from you, our community, so feel free to contact us with any thoughts, questions, or ideas on Instagram at thelifedesignco or email us at hello at thelifedesign.co. This podcast and video cast is a production of Life Design Co. and hosted by me, Hollis Maloney, and edited by Kimmy and Dunn. Thanks so much for tuning in and see you in the next one. Thank you.